If you have your Bible, you can open it to Luke chapter 2. Thankful that we can gather together this morning as we get ready to celebrate Christmas. Christmas really is a, a season of, of waiting. You're waiting for your packages to arrive in the mail. Hopefully not too many more of them. Uh, you're waiting for family to get in from out of town. Kids are waiting for tomorrow morning. Maybe you're here and you're going, man, I'm just waiting for this sermon to get over. <laughs> I am not good at waiting. Recently, we've been having some work done at our house, and if I know there's a contractor that's going to come that morning, I just, I just pace back and forth in the living room waiting for the contractor to show up. But I've never really been that good at waiting. When I was a little kid, I would just toss and turn on Christmas Eve waiting for Christmas morning. And we had a really fun tradition. My aunt and my grandma would sleep over. Um, but my parents had this rule that you weren't allowed out of your bedroom until everyone was awake. Maybe you have that terrible rule in your house. So... I'm, I'm laying there, and I don't know, it's probably like 5.30 in the morning or, or 6 o'clock, and, I, and I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm awake, and I, I think, i got to have some way to, to get everybody up. So in my room, I had this old stereo system. It had these big, like, wood panel speakers. It was hooked up to a record player, but, but I had this way to hook my CD player to it. If you don't know what a CD player is, ask your parents. They'll... They'll show you one online. But anyway, I hooked my CD player to the stereo system, and I had this sound effects CD. And I had this one that was a, a gong noise. And so I cranked the stereo all the way up, and I played that gong noise until everyone was up. And that actually became a tradition. I did that every Christmas morning just to get things going. But waiting is hard. Waiting's hard because we're hoping for something that, that hasn't happened yet. If you're waiting for Christmas morning, there's this desire to, to celebrate or open presents or just see people that you love. Think about the things that you wait for in life. Maybe you wait every morning to get on the school bus or maybe you wait in line at the grocery store. But there's serious things that we wait for. Maybe you wait or have waited for a test result. Maybe you're waiting for a spouse and the years seem like they're, they're slipping by. Maybe you've prayed a prayer for many, many years and you're waiting for God to answer. Maybe you're waiting for a loved one to, to turn from a destructive path that they're on. Waiting is hard because there's things in us that are unfulfilled. Waiting can give us a sense of, of anxiety and, and dread and, and restlessness. Waiting can cause us to whine and, and complain. Often it causes us to, to lose hope and to, to question God, wondering if what he has promised is, is really going to happen. This is our final week in a sermon series that we've been calling the, the Songs of Christmas. 
And we've looked at Zachariah's song and Mary's song and the song of the angels. And in our sermon today, we're going to meet a man named Simeon, and we're going to hear a song that he sings. But this man was given a very unusual task. He was told to wait for the arrival of Jesus. But this wasn't ordinary waiting. God had told Simeon that he wouldn't die until he met Jesus. And God used that waiting to prepare him to see the comforting hope that only Jesus can bring. For Simeon, seeing Jesus brought comforting hope to his waiting heart. That's our main point for today. Seeing Jesus brings comforting hope to our waiting hearts. Let's read his story in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. And the context here is that Mary and Joseph have brought Jesus to the temple uh, to present him to the Lord. Let me read these verses. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So Luke introduces us to this man named Simeon, and he gives us some specific details about him. But, but notice what Luke tells us. We're not given his occupation. We're not given his, his family information, his social, social status, his, his bank account. What's highlighted for us about Simeon is his character. Luke tells us he's righteous and devout. That word righteous means that he is right with God. Now, we can't take this to mean that Simeon was, was perfect, that he never did anything wrong. But we can assume that Simeon was a man of, of high character, that if, if you observed his life, you would see this unwavering obedience to God. We also read that he was devout, meaning that he was serious about the things of God. He wasn't a man that went about his faith in a, in a half-hearted way. He didn't compromise in what he believed and what that meant for his life. We're also told what occupied his time. He was given a specific job by God to wait 
for the arrival of Jesus. Verse 25 says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That word consolation means comforting hope. You see, God had promised throughout the Old Testament that he would come and he would comfort his people. He would, he would bring them hope. He would deliver them. And they were to be waiting. They were to wait for this rescuer who would come, who had been promised throughout the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah speaks of this coming comfort and, and talks about the, the joy of singing and, and celebration that would surround this comforter that God would send. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 49, 13. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt. O earth, break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. So the people were to be waiting and watching and hoping for this comforter to come. But by the time Jesus was born, many had, had given up hope. They had given up waiting and, and watching, and their hopelessness turned into doubt. But Simeon, he was, he was waiting. He was waiting for this comforting hope that God promised to send. But Simeon's waiting was, was unique. God had told him he wouldn't die until he met Jesus. Now, that's something we can't just, just pass by. Like, if, if I was Simeon, I would have had so many questions for God. Well, well, God, what will he look like? How will I know it's him when I see him? Where will I find him? But really, the most important question, how long do I have to wait? Right? This isn't the typical waiting, like waiting for Christmas morning. Like, does he just drop dead the moment he sees him? Like, how does that work? Think about how, how that would change your life, right? You're invincible until you meet Jesus. <laughs> Nothing can touch you. None of us knows when our moment is going to come, but we know it's coming someday. For Simeon, he knew his death was directly tied to meeting Jesus. And so he spends his days waiting, looking, watching, hoping, praying, until one day. We read, on that day, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. Verses 22 and 23 give us the reasons that they came to the temple to complete the ceremonial sacrifices that God had commanded after giving birth. Let me read them again. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In the Old Testament book of Exodus in chapter 13, we read about God's command to consecrate or set apart all of the firstborn. And so all firstborn animals were to be sacrificed to the Lord, and all firstborn sons were to be redeemed through sacrifice. 
The reason God had for these sacrifices was to help his people remember when he had saved them out of the hands of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. You see, God had, had sent a plague and killed all the firstborn in Egypt, but the people had offered a sacrifice and spread, spread the blood of the sacrifice on the doorposts, and God passed over those homes, and their firstborn were saved. God wanted them to remember this sacrifice. They were also at the temple for Mary's purification after childbirth. In the Old Testament book of Leviticus in chapter 12, God had commanded that a lamb would be sacrificed for her purification. But we read that Mary and Joseph, they don't bring a lamb, but they bring two birds, two turtle doves, or two pigeons. The reason is there was a provision for the poor that if they couldn't afford a lamb, they could bring these two birds. And Luke makes a point of including these details about the sacrifice. And I think he does that for two reasons. The sacrifice shows us that Mary and Joseph were poor. They were nobodies. There was nothing special about them. They were really poor commoners bringing two pigeons to offer the regular sacrifice after childbirth to the watching world, to everyone that was present at the temple that day, that little baby and that couple, they were just meaningless nobodies. That little baby was unimportant, regular, weak, common, nothing special. But I think Luke also wants to highlight something else. He gives us these details, I think, to show us that this couple couldn't afford a lamb. Luke's drawing our attention to this, this one fact. They don't have a lamb. They just have two pigeons. They, they don't have a lamb. Why is Luke making this point? They don't have a lamb. Because they do have a lamb. Mary and Joseph carry the lamb, the lamb of God, the one who John the Baptist will later cry out, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The one that we read about in Revelation 7 where a great multitude cries out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Jesus, the, the perfect lamb of God, the one who had come to be the perfect and final sacrifice for sin, he was there. He was present in the temple. See, for those who don't have eyes to see, they look at Jesus as, as nothing, as unimportant, as irrelevant. But for those who God has given eyes to see, they recognize Jesus for who he is. Simeon recognized him. All that waiting, all that hoping, it, it culminated in this moment. And we read in verse 27 that he comes into the temple and he knew this child was God's promised Savior. The Holy Spirit took 
all of Simeon's obedient waiting and watching and helped him to see that this was the child he had been waiting for. This was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so he takes the baby and with joy, he, he takes him in his arms and he, he sings a blessing over him. Now, this song is not a soft little lullaby. This song is not how a lot of us like to sing at church, low and quiet so no one hears how bad our voice is. Right? This, this is the song of, of celebration. Of, of the best news that you have ever heard. Simeon sings this. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. It took the work of the Holy Spirit to confirm to Simeon in his heart that this child was the one, this was the comforter that God had promised. And Simeon just, he couldn't contain himself. All those years of, of waiting and looking day after day, wondering what will this child be like? When will the moment happen? And now he holds in his arms, all that he has hoped for, and he gently rocks his Savior and, and sings. I want to point out three things that Simeon mentions in his song. First, Simeon sings that he had hope in death. When we think about death, it's not a pleasant topic. We can be anxious. We can be fearful. Death is forever. It's, it's separation. It's, it's pain. It, it, it hurts. And as Simeon waited for Jesus, he was actually waiting for his death. For a man who was once invincible, now death literally stares him in the face. But as Simeon looks at his quickly approaching death, he says he sees peace. How, how can this be? No, no fear, no tears, no sadness, just peace. Simeon has peace because his eyes had seen God's salvation. Why is seeing the salvation that God has provided, why does that bring him peace? Remember the description that we read of Simeon just a few verses earlier? He was described as, as righteous and devout, a, a good man, an honest man, a, a loyal man. Someone that you would have looked at and you would have compared yourself to and were like, not as good as Simeon. But Simeon knew what God had said. Simeon knew that, that he was a sinful man. He knew that his sin separated him from a holy and perfect God. 
He knew that he needed a savior and all his goodness and obedience and devotion, though it was, it was pleasing to God, it could not save him. And so Simeon wasn't trusting in what he could do to work himself to God. He was looking for the comforting hope that God would send to save him. And now that he has, has seen this comforting hope and, and held this comforting hope in his arms, he says he's, he's ready to depart in peace. J.C. Ryle says this. He speaks like one for whom the grave has lost its terrors and the world its charms. He speaks as one who knows where he is going when he departs this life and cares not how soon he goes. You see, if you had asked Simeon how he was ready for death, he would respond, my eyes have seen God's salvation. I have faith in Jesus. Seeing Jesus, faith in him, that's what makes us ready for death. That's how we can face death in peace. It's not that we just get so sick of life and its problems that we want to check out. It's not that we're, we're just jaded to the reality of life and we don't care anymore. It's not that we have all our affairs in order and know our family's going to be okay when we're gone. It's not that we've lived a good life or a, a fun life or a, a full life. To depart and be at peace, we need a rock-solid hope in Jesus. You see, you're not ready for death until you have seen Jesus by faith. You cannot depart in peace, and you will not depart in peace if you have not seen the salvation that Simeon spoke about. You see, D Simeon didn't just see Jesus with his physical eyes. He saw Jesus with eyes of faith, eyes of faith to see and believe that the, the baby that he held in his arms was the Savior that God had promised, and like Simeon, we're not ready for death until we have seen Jesus with those same eyes of faith. We're not ready for death unless Jesus is our comforting hope. Think about what you are hoping in, about what you want in life, about the deep longings that you have in your heart, maybe for peace or contentment or love, or safety, satisfaction, control, right? Whatever it might be. Think about the waitings in this life, not the, the easy waitings of, of standing in a checkout line, but the, the hard waitings, the, the painful waitings, the waitings for test results and unanswered prayer and lost family members and, and even death. In the hard times of waiting, what are you hoping in? And if you're thinking about those things and you're thinking, you know, I've tried to look for answers in, in a lot of different places. And if I'm honest, I just can't really seem to find something that, that satisfies. I can't seem to find a, a comforting hope that that lasts, that sustains me, that holds me. If that's 
happening in your heart, that God may be stirring something in you. He may be stirring your heart to see that those things can only be met in Jesus. You see, God created us in a way that we would only be satisfied in him, that we would only find rest in him, that we would only find hope in him, that we would only find joy in him. And so if you find yourself unsatisfied, if you find yourself joyless and hopeless, look today to Jesus. He is the answer to all those deep longings of your heart. Second, Simeon sings that he had hope in life. You see, he, he waited with hope. The years of, of waiting and, and unanswered prayer, they didn't, they didn't jade Simeon. The years slip by, he, he gets older, and yet he doesn't drift from the promise that God gave him. He actually, he leans into it. He, he patiently waited. But that's a, that's a hard thing. When God's promises seem slow or, or God doesn't answer a prayer, when life isn't going the way that we want, what is our natural response? Mine is to whine and complain. And I'm really good at it. See, if, if, if it was me in this story instead of Simeon, instead of saying that he was actively waiting, it would say he's actively whining. <laughs> but we don't get that sense that Simeon was whining, that he was complaining. I, I'm sure he had some doubts, but he continued to believe what God said. We actually get the idea that in the moment when, when Simeon meets Jesus, it doesn't catch him off guard. It doesn't surprise him. He's ready because he's been waiting. He's been looking. He's been watching. This was the moment he had been waiting for. God keeps things hidden and in his time. He does this so we learn to wait on him instead of trying to fix it on our own. God has never broken his word. Not one of his promises will ever fail. If you have trusted in Jesus, then your hope in this life is him. You are waiting for his return. In all of our waiting, in the easy waiting, in the, in the hard waiting, God wants us to see Jesus as our comforting hope. And all that waiting is, is never wasted. Listen to what Christopher Ash says. And just as Simeon did not wait in vain, we too will not wait in vain. People will mock Folk will doubt his return, but one day he will come back. Not as a baby, but in visible glory to judge the world and rescue his people. And all our little waitings, as hard as they may be, for healing, for reconciliation, for mental health, for peace, for joy and life, 
are taken up in one great waiting to the expectation that governs them all, the longing for Jesus' return. In the delight and wonder of Simeon as he held the baby Jesus, we see the foretaste for the wonder and amazement that we shall feel when the Lord Jesus appears in glory. And we are assured, we are assured that our wait is not in vain. See, this is what we're doing now as those who hope in Jesus. We're waiting in faith for God to do what he has promised. If you are struggling in the little waitings and in the big waitings to, to wait with hope, then look again with faith and ask God to give you eyes of faith to believe that Jesus is the Savior who is coming back. Jesus came to give us hope in life, hope in death. And then finally, Jesus came to give hope to the world. Simeon concludes his song in verse 32, saying that this baby will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Darkness can be scary. Kids are often scared of the dark. But adults, if we're honest, a lot of us are scared of the dark. And even if you're not scared of the dark, you're probably not as comfortable in darkness as you are in the light. In the Bible, darkness represents the, the trouble and brokenness of this world. At times, our life can be filled with this darkness, with pain, with sadness, with suffering and hurt. But the good news of Christmas is that the light of the world has come. Jesus has come to drive away the darkness. He brings light. He brings joy. He brings healing. He will right every wrong. He brings eternal life. He is the promise of hope. By coming as a man, by entering this world, Jesus entered our world of darkness. Yet he overcame the darkness. He lived a perfect life and died our death on the cross. And so Simeon in this verse says he is a light of revelation, meaning that the truth of Jesus, who he is and what he has done, opens the eyes of those who are in darkness. Those who are far from God and have no hope, a light has come. Matthew, in Matthew 4, 16, quotes from Isaiah 9, and he says this, The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. The, the song of Simeon. It is a cry to the world of where to find hope. I, I picture this scene. I picture Simeon in the temple, and it's, it's busy, it's noisy. There's, there's people coming and going, and no attention is being paid to this, this poor couple with this small baby with their, their two pigeons for their sacrifice. 
is insignificant and meaningless. And then in that moment, Simeon takes Jesus into his arms and he begins to sing. And I picture all the attention in the temple is on Simeon as he declares, here is a light in the darkness. Here is hope. Here is peace. Here is joy. This is Jesus. And all who see him as Simeon did with, with eyes of faith, Jesus himself will bring comfort to their waiting hearts. So in Jesus, you will find hope. Hope in life. Hope in death. Look to him. He is the answer to all that you are waiting for. He is the hope of the world. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that at Christmas we celebrate the hope that you send, the comforting hope, your Son, Jesus, to be born and to live a perfect life and to die for us. Oh, Father, in this life, as we wait, as we face hardships, as we face the darkness of this world, Lord, we ask that you would turn our eyes to your Savior. Turn our eyes to the comforting hope that you have provided. And as we wait for the return of our Savior, help us to wait as Simeon did, waiting and watching in eager expectation of your return. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.